Would you like to accelerate your career and reach your full potential in just minutes a day? Welcome to the LeadX Show with New York Times bestselling author and Inc. 500 entrepreneur, Kevin Cruz. What do you have to do first before implementing change? Hello everyone, I'm Kevin Cruz. Welcome to the LeadX Show, the smartest way to start your day. Remember, follow the LeadX Company page on LinkedIn and don't forget, connect with me personally, connect with me directly on LinkedIn. Just search up Kevin Cruz, K-R-U-S-E, and then send me a connection request and I will accept it immediately. Today on the show, you're going to hear from an executive coach and author who first learned lessons about leadership the hard way from experience. We talk about why you should build relationship equity and a simple way to do it, and the importance of looking at your career path five to 10 years down the road. But first, today's one minute career tip, confidence and humility. The times of my biggest business failures have been the times when I was most certain I was right. Losing half a million dollars on the House Call 123 Insomnia website. Hiring that writer from China who turns out couldn't really speak or write in English. The last book I wrote on personal branding, an epic failure of sales. Authentic leaders are confident, but humble. They need to believe in themselves when others don't, which I have found is most of the time, but they also have to be open to constructive feedback. They know they don't have the answers to everything and that's okay. These days, I believe in the vision and I know that I need to be open-minded in how we get there. Commit to the goals, but be flexible in the tactics. Every day, I need to think about where else, who else needs to hear my vision and how can I be more open to feedback? LeadX will provide free leadership training and professional development to 100 million people over the next 10 years. How? I don't know. You tell me. Great leaders blend confidence with humility. Our guest today is a former school leader turned executive coach, organizational consultant, trainer, and lecturer. He completed his doctorate in human and organizational psychology, holds two masters in education and educational leadership. He is the author of the new book, Becoming the New Boss, The New Leader's Guide to Sustained Success. Our guest is Dr. Naftali Hoff. Naftali, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kevin. It's a pleasure to be here. So as I think you know, we have a, a tradition on the LeadX show where we're going to talk about your new book in a, in a minute, but I always like to ask our guests to share a time when they failed because selfishly, we want to learn you know, what you learned from that failure. So tell us a story about time something didn't go so well. Sure. So it's actually interesting because you mentioned the book and then you asked the question. And the truth is the book in many ways is a response to that question. So I'll jump into the question and then I'll make that connection. You know, my leadership journey comes from the educational space. I was a teacher for a bunch of years and then a part-time administrator. And then I became a head of school. And in that head of school position, there was such great opportunity, but there were also tremendous challenges in part because of the fact that I was succeeding a charismatic leader who had been, who had really built the school up, hired all the teachers and created the culture. 
At the same time, there was a need within the school that everybody felt from the board on down, with the possible exception of many of the teachers, for change. There was a sense that the school had sort of become outdated and really needed to move forward, and a lot of processes and systems needed to be tightened up or, or perhaps just installed and, and implemented. And I think my biggest issue in that process, I was relatively young, and I thought I was, you know, I was soaking up all the, all the headlines and believing the things that people were saying in terms of the ability that I brought to the table, and I think I didn't spend enough time building equity developing relationships, creating a vision, creating a plan that was not just my own, but something that had more consensus behind it and getting some wind behind my sails. And so what I happened, what I started to do was go through the punch list of things that I identify that needed to be addressed and changed or whatever it was. And that created a tremendous amount of discomfort for mm. some people, especially the veterans who were not used to, number one, expectations that were different than what had been expected of them year in, year out for so long. And number two, a different operating style. I'm also personally very much introverted. My, I think, I don't know this for sure, but I think my predecessor was extroverted. And I think stylistically, people had a hard time understanding what it meant when I would close my door. It wasn't me trying to so, somehow shut them off or not become accessible. It was really a place for me to get my energy, to allow me to focus, and to achieve many of the things that I needed to do without the interruption and the, and the, the busyness, as you can imagine, that often encounters a principal's desk. So... The short answer is, you know, taking things slow wherever I could would be the approach to a problem that I had created because I try to act too quickly. I try to solve too many problems right away. I try to demonstrate that they made the right hire by bringing somebody in who could achieve the goals that they had set out to achieve, but didn't really do so in a way that created sustainability to the process. And so I spent much too much time undoing you know, damage, we'd call it damage control, you know, trying to undo some of the errors that I made and redo it in a, in a way that would be more sustainable moving forward. And so when I referenced the book, you know, in essence, what I wrote was a book that I felt would be the book that I should have had in my hands when I got started. You know, if it would have been something like that, that I would have known about, maybe it exists, but I, I just wasn't aware of it. And I used my experiences and personal anecdotes and, of course, best practice research and things of the sort to really try to present a soup to nuts uh, guideline for people who are transitioning either into leadership or within leadership of what are the things you need to be mindful of? What is leadership in general? What are the steps you need to be taking? How do you get off on the right foot the first 90 days? All those kinds of things. And at the same time, how do you create a sustained platform for success so that you're not burning yourself out in a few years' time, but you're really in it for the long haul and you have the balance, you have the sense of purpose, you have all of those pieces that are going to keep you going when the difficulties of work, which are inevitable, you know, are going to set in. So let me, yeah, it's an interesting story. And I, any leadership position I think is, is tough if you're doing it right. And I can't even imagine, you know, being the head of a school where you have multiple constituents, right? I mean, you've got the teachers, you've got the students, of course, you've got the parents, uh, you've got supervisors or outsiders. You know, there's, there's so many people that you're trying to lead and work with. It has to be really challenging. And I, I think you and I are a lot alike. I mean, I'm an introvert. I'm also a driver. So also in my younger days, I would just see some, see a problem, think I knew how to fix it and would just implement the change. And then I was shocked when everyone didn't think that was such a good idea. But can you give me an example from back then of like when you realized 
you were getting some resistance. Uh, like what's an example of, of how you then built some equity or, or strengthened some relationships with, with the teachers? Yes. So with the teachers in particular, what I try to do is engage with them in as many one-to-one conversations as I could, both formal and informal. Initially, I decided the formal route. And truth is, I probably could have done it a little bit differently there as well, because I think just the fact that people who were a little bit uneasy with me to begin with were now being invited to my office <laughs> you know, may not have created the best context. So maybe having, you know, in retrospect, going to their to their classrooms, finding some quiet time when their students were at recess or they were on break and just having a casual conversation at the same time, trying to dig a little bit deeper about what's working for them and what's not. Now, mind you, I had a lot of fans, you know, a lot of things were going right. I don't want to paint this awfully bleak picture, but some of the veterans were also the loudest people in the room. And more importantly, it was a small community type of school where things didn't just stay within the four walls of the institution. You know, things would would move around the community in a variety of different ways. And I'd hear things through uh, members of the board or other people. So I think the real thing is, you know, try to identify what is the issue. So if the issue, for example, is relationships, how do you go back and, and try to, if not rebuild them, at least try to soften some of the rough edges that have been created, create more opportunities for communication, let people know you genuinely want to hear from them. And then, and this is the most important for me, and I think in general, then you've got to put the work in and you have to demonstrate that it's not just talk. You've got to walk the walk. You know, you've got to show people that ultimately, I'm not just saying I want to hear from you, but these are the things I'm doing with the information that you've shared with me. And the more that you could be transparent, the more that people see that what you're asking of them is demonstrated in the following outcome, the following result, the more they're willing to invest and trust in you moving forward. Great advice. And, and LeadX family, there's, well, there's a lot of gold in, in that answer, but tactically, I want to highlight two things. First of all, the power of having one-on-one conversations. There's nothing that can really replace that. But Naftali, you also mentioned that, you know, retrospect, you maybe could have gone to the classrooms rather than them, you know, coming into your office. And that is a small gesture that is very powerful though. And I often tell the story of when I sold my first company, I was became partner number 40 at Conexa. And they were a company that had been around for 10 years. They acquired my company. So now I was there for all of maybe one or two months. And they, every year, that company did by vote of partnership, who, which partners would go to the executive committee to work with the CEO that year. Out of 40 partners, I was there for two months. I was running a $2 million business, the smallest business that they had. And I was picked as one of the five partners to go onto this council. And the longtime veterans were shocked. How did this 30-year-old kid get picked onto the council? And what I did once they acquired my company They had seven offices around the United States and without anybody asking me, without anybody telling me, without anybody saying this, you know, suggesting I have a new higher orientation as a partner, I bought plane tickets and I just flew to each of the seven offices and went to them to just say, hey, how are you? Just wanted to say hello. And by the way, how can I help? And that's all I did. And then 30 days later, I get picked to go on this thing. Now, if I had just 
done it by phone or sent out a mass email, hey, here's who I am and, and all the rest, it wouldn't have had that impact. So just that gesture of going to your constituent and having that one-on-one, -on -one, I think is just very, very powerful. And Naftali, let's turn more directly to uh, your book. Again, it's Becoming the New Boss, The New Leader's Guide to Sustained Success. And I actually want to say, it is a great soup to nuts guide for uh, new managers, but I would encourage anybody uh, to to read it. It's got you know gr great advice and great reminders uh, in it throughout. And I'm just looking you know at my copy you know in my hands, everything from understanding the role of leadership, laying the foundation, relating, which we've been talking about, managing change, which we're addressing. I mean, it's it's really is a great soup to nuts guide and. In a short format show, Naftali, of course, we can't cover all of it, but what's another you know, piece of advice from the book that you can share? So another piece I think is, is, really, is really being strategic. In other words, understanding that leadership is more than just you know, managing others, more than just doing the day-to-day -day stuff. Try to create a vision you know, in your own mind to get clarity about what it is that you're trying to accomplish and get everybody around you as best as possible to buy into that vision. I think that when people understand the why, you know, we hear a lot about that, Simon Sinek and, and others talking about the sense of purpose. That's really what drives people, in my estimation, you know, to go to work every day and do so with enthusiasm. You know, one of the issues, the maladies, if you will, that research continually talks about is that we have very poor workplace engagement. You know, people just don't have a sense of, am I really doing what I love to do and am I doing it? You know, and am I positioned to do what, you know, the specific role that's best for me? And that's a bigger conversation. But I think in its essence, when people could rally around a big idea, when people understand that your leadership is not just the next person to fill a seat, but you're going to try to take everybody forward and sort of the, be the, the rising tide that raises all ships. That to me is an extremely powerful concept. And to your point from before, even though the book is sort of marketed to the new leader, you are right. I would say that consistently people tell me no matter where they are in their own journeys, most of these people are veteran leaders who have been at it for a while. They continually say that the book contains many, many resources and many ideas that are universal. And I mention that here because I think that whoever's listening to the to our conversation, you know, you can pick up the book. You can find where in the book it really speaks to you the most. But the key thing is that if it creates sort of like a vision of where do you want to go with all of this? And I think that that's a guiding light and principle that we could use no matter what we're doing. And so that's something that I want to reinforce and emphasize. I think that's great. And I think with the successful career you've had, I mean, I want to also ask you about like what advice you would give, you know, to a young professional who's just uh, starting out in her career, you know, someone who wants to be seen as a, as a high potential employee, someone who wants to, you know, advance quickly. What advice would you give someone like that? So I, I, I have found that being strategic, again, is really, really critical. Learn as much as you can. Connect with people who've done what you want to do and learn from them. You know, build deep relationships. Invest in yourself. To me, that's a really critical thing. You know, we want to put ourselves out there. We want to show everything we can do. And there's a place for that. You know, we live in a society with social media in particular where we want to constantly put ourselves in front of other people. On the other hand, we also want to have the goods and we want to be able to demonstrate that we know what we're doing. And the best way I found to do that is to learn, be strategic and be committed 
so that you're not just sort of getting on a little bit of a high and doing some work and then you get back into your routine. Be strategic about your learning. What are the goals you want to achieve? Where do you want to be in five and 10 and 15 years from now? And what are the skills that those people have and you don't presently have but need to get in order to get there. And I feel that too many people, they're just so desperate to get that first job. And I get it. You know, you've worked really hard in college and you want to succeed. So you want to jump right in and get to work. And we lose sight of, well, where do we really want to go in all of this? Are we going to allow our job to dictate our journey? Or are we going to be in charge and in control of our journey and use the job as a piece towards that end? And I think if you use that second model, it really has a much greater sense of purpose and sustainability because you have a sense of control over who you are and what you're going to become. And you're never losing sight of the things you need to be doing in order to ultimately get there. That's great. Naftali, how can our listeners find out more about you and your work? Uh, they can go to my website, which is impactfulcoaching.com. I actually have a second website, which is the book website. I'll mention that quickly. It's becomingthenewboss.com. They could also reach out to me by phone at 212-470-6139 or email at nhoff at impactfulcoaching.com. With over 100 guests on the LeadX show so far, you are the first to give your personal phone number. And I massively respect that. Like I am all about providing value, you know, one human being at a time. And that was very, very generous of you to, uh, to share your number. Thank you. My pleasure. It's, I, like you said before, to me, it's all about connecting. And I feel that no matter how much a person might find about me and, and the work that I'm doing on my website, if we're able to have conversation, that's really where the real value is. LeadX family, I always like to challenge you to get at least 1% better every single day. And I think the challenge of the day for today is going to be uh, picking up on the advice of pause and think about where do you want to be in five or 10 years? You know, Pause and think about where you hope to be and now come back and say, what do you need to learn? Who do you need to meet? Who do you need to know? And what experiences do you need to have? in order to get there. That's our challenge of the day. Naftali, thanks so much for coming on to the LeadX Show. It's been my pleasure, Kevin. Thank you for a great conversation. Friends, before we go, remember, at LeadX, we're on a mission to give free leadership training and professional development to everyone, anywhere, at any time. Visit leadx.org to check out our upcoming webinars and online training events, and subscribe to our newsletter to be notified of new offerings. And please take one minute to go to leadx.org slash subscribe to subscribe and leave a rating on iTunes because we're at 227 reviews as of this moment and I need to get to 300. Just in the last week, we've had awesome five-star ratings from Garth, Trish Way, Dai in AZ, TriGuru, Indigo Cole, Elsie Flores, and so many others. Please join them, leadx.org slash subscribe. Until next time, remember, your family, your team at work, your community, we all need you to lead with intent. How will you lead today?